Hello and welcome to the Conveyancing Podcast. Um, thanks for tuning in. My name is Matthew and um, I'm looking forward to going through the week's um, conveyancing news with you and uh, related property news. Um, please subscribe to get more news every week. Um, I'm joined today by my co-host Thomas. Pleasure to be here. Nice to speak to you. Um, So let's get started. Um, Yeah, of course. Um, So I've recently seen an article by the Law Society Gazette about the active conveyances at a record low. It's an article that's been written by Michael Cross, and it's fairly recent, extremely recent, in fact. What what do you what do you think about this, Matthew? What what have you read it? Yes, I, I've heard about this. Um, yeah, the number of firms, like convincing firms, was above four thousand recently, and it's dropped now to three thousand nine hundred twenty. So, like, these are firms we're talking about, not not members of staff. It's quite. Um, I wonder how how that equates to the number of employees. Um, I don't know whether it's caused by, you know, technology, too much employment of technology. What do you think? Yeah, it's a possibility that it's because of the technology. I'm not entirely sure, but it is a drastic drop, in my opinion. It was above 4,000, like you said, and right now, from what I'm seeing in the article, it's 3,920. Like you said, that's not personnel. That's <laughs> that's actual law firms. So it's possible that thousands, possibly, of people. I mean, they more... could be merging. The the you could be getting like bigger law firms. Definitely, um, it's the truth. Or just technologically superior law firms are sort of sucking up all the work. Yeah, some of these places could be going out of business, sadly enough. It's true. Not just closing because of a merge or closing because of um, an increase in technology, I guess. Mm, that's sad. And this here, it says only 64 firms processed 100 to 200 transactions a month on average. Down from 94 firms. But I mean, if there's 4,000 firms, 64 is a small number, no? I mean, 100 to 200 transactions is quite low, no, for a firm? Yeah. Um, Or maybe... So, does that mean the rest would be doing more transactions or less transactions, I wonder? Something we could look into, to be honest. Yeah, I think we should come back to this on another podcast so make sure you subscribe and you tune into them that way you can also get notified of all of these things Mm. so another thing i i've seen as well is from the solicitors regulation authority or the sra and it's about stonewall names the sra uh, one of britain's top 100 lgbt inclusive employers that's 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 great That's great. So it's 93rd out of 100. 
that's better than being at 99th, I guess. And <laughs> <laughs> this is also fairly recent. Well, nearly a month ago at this point. And it's great to see inclusivity, I'm, I'm guessing. Not that it should be a big prize, in my opinion. You know, mm -hmm. you should always be inclusive. You should always allow people into your company, whether they have different ideals or they are different in this sense, mm -hmm. maybe transgender, bisexual. It shouldn't really matter. So on one side, it's very good news, in my opinion. On the other side, it's more of a, you know, it shouldn't really be a prize or it shouldn't really be a ranking, you know? Yeah, it shouldn't be necessary, but um, it's good to see. I mean, I just noticed here in the article, installing our first set of gender-neutral toilets. <laughs> I wonder if, like, a lot of firms will follow suit and do that on their premises. Yeah, it's a little... And they're Strange. expanding their presence at the the gay pride festivals. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's definitely um, more inclusivity, I'd say. Well, it's obvious, but I think that's, you know, baby steps forward. Not baby steps, that's a pretty big step. That's mm. pretty good. I wonder what the total, how many employees the SRA has. I've never really thought about it. I don't think this article states anything about that. But I do think I saw above something about an, an anonymous amount of, a uh, high anonymous amount of staff giving in their vote and basically. Okay. Oh, so they, they were the, the employees were voting? Yes. Oh, that's good. And here it says. More than one third of LGBT staff have hidden that they were LGBT at work. And one in five have been the target of negative comments from colleagues. So oh, that's from 2018 at least, 20. not 2019 or 2020. So you think they're more open, they're less like worried about well, I yeah, I definitely hope so. At least, I, I I do. I mean, it's a it's a bit of a shame that people, you know, regardless of if they're lesbian, you know, transgender, whatever, because lesbian, in my opinion, isn't as bad as being transgender. I mean, I understand transgender is going to get a lot more hate. Is that's what I meant to say, and it's a shame that they have to hide that. Like we're seeing here, thirty five percent in in twenty eighteen hidden, mm -hmm. they were hidden. And then 18% acknowledged that they weren't hidden and that they were receiving negative comments, which is a little annoying. Yeah. Definitely want to see more equality in the workplace. Uh, I think that's... At least they're showing an example um, for everyone yeah. to follow. Now. Exactly. I think it's very, very good news, in a way, to see this as a, a bit more of a big news release. So another news we've got from the BBC, the middle-aged uh, renting. So what does this mean? People who, oh wait, sorry. Essentially there are elderly people who are living in rental homes still at the moment from when they were middle-aged. And right now we are possibly seeing a lot of struggle from them because of 
uh, retirement, yeah. which will make them not able to pay this rent for much longer, sadly. So With the rising is... costs. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's it's a real shame that people stick to rental homes sometimes. Not because of them. I understand it could be the factors. Maybe not enough money being gained is a big factor for them to be able to buy a, a house or not. Mm. So them being stuck to rentals all their lives and then seeing them in this sort of a situation is definitely feels like a step down from mm. what's been built in general as a society, you know? No, but I mean... You've got two choices, haven't you? You could um, you can buy your own home and then you have an investment. You own the property at the end, so you've got money locked up in the house. But you can't release that money while you're living in it. Mm. Um, some people choose to rent and then they make other investments with their money. So like you'd hope that most people would have put away enough money to pay for the rent as they get older. But I guess with society changes and like the price of things increased. go up yeah. and the rents might change you know maybe it seems risky doesn't it yeah definitely right now i probably wouldn't imagine myself living in a rental for much longer than two years for so to say because rentals aren't going to be permanent if you understand what I mean for these people it seems like it sort of was a permanent thing because we're like this this couple here in the photo they are oh it looks like they're 60 over 60 years old they have apparently been living since they were middle-aged so imagine them in the situation they you know they've had their permanent home hmm. in a way but it isn't their home. Yeah, the rent might be controlled. They might have like done a deal where they can just keep paying the same rent. Yeah, um, hopefully. But the other thing is that rents can go down, whereas like when you but when you get a mortgage, you can be locked into that mortgage. Yeah. You're like you have to pay the same every month, and then let's say your salary goes down, it can be hard to afford it. Like I have seen that over the lifetime of renting the rents can sometimes go down if the market kind of collapses you might find like a cheap rental accommodation yeah so definitely there can be kind of benefits to it that you know you need to investigate if you if you're thinking about shall i rent shall i buy you know yeah of course like any other thing there's always going to be pros and cons for each thing and it depends on the person really if some cons outweigh some other pros and yeah i mean if you're renting you could just move house whenever you want can't you yeah it's obviously always going to be a hassle to move everything you own from one house to another one unless you have nothing <laughs> but you know either way let's move on to the next one which is in the same category the yeah it's like um an older couple who they did own their own yes home, exactly and they suddenly decided to these guys 
they suddenly yeah. decided to um, go into rental accommodation. I'm not actually... I didn't read all of this. I can't remember why. Oh, it, it was for his work. He wanted to be close to work. Yeah. So this is a prime example of maybe something that might be a little smarter up to a certain extent. Um, because if you were to do it when you're mm, middle-aged or, or younger, let's say if you were in your 30s, maybe early 40s, so 20s or early 40s, let's say, then it might not be as reasonable as if you were to be in your 50s or maybe even as an exaggerated number or an exaggerated age. If you were in your 60s and you were to do this sort of thing, maybe it would be in a way more beneficial, especially maybe these people... Because I'm not entirely sure. I'm not sure if it's even in this article. But maybe these people don't even have children. So they won't even have to worry about leaving behind hmm. a house or any or maybe sort of the children are grown up now. So they, they're more you. flexible. Yeah, unless, you know, they've talked to it with their children and the like. So we, you know, we don't necessarily need the house right now. And we'd rather be in a rental Mm. And what would you guys think about this? Because obviously this would be your inheritance. And maybe they all came to an agreement and they said, yeah, well, it says here the only time. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, it fine. says um, the children left for university and they decided to sell the family home. So I guess like once the children have left home, you could move to get better work, like to follow the yeah. work, get a better salary. Kind of makes sense. But again, they're going to be left um, if the rents go up and they haven't put enough away. No, I don't think they'll have a problem, especially when, you know, what we're reading here is basically saying that they moved to London for work purposes. So they're not retired yet and they've got a bunch of money, an increase in money because of this, the selling of their house. Hmm. They should be fine, hopefully. Um, and working maybe uh moving closer had to do at to a certain extent maybe with a promotion or something like that so maybe he's gaining more money than before we don't know this but it says here that they're paying in their block the rents go from 1500 to 3600 a month Oof. it's quite hefty isn't it yeah it's definitely not the price i was expecting for a rental i mean I was expecting them to be in a in a maybe a, a less luxury, less expensive rental. But if they're going to be in this one, uh, then they I'm gonna guess they probably have their things sorted and they know what they want. And they 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 must have done the number crunching themselves. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, if they're both earning and they got a better job in the city, then they probably have enough money left over each month. No? Yeah, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, let's move on with the next one, which would be from the Daily Mail. And this, well, like the last one as well, this uh, Daily Mail article is about um, the economists bump, uh, bumping up the house price. Uh, well, the house price is expected to gain by 3%, by uh, an increase in 3%. Hmm. Um, so they are going up again, like because they were stagnating a little bit. 
Yeah. I've been seeing articles these past two years because I actually was looking into articles for this certain social media um, side little job I had. And I could look at these articles and I've been seeing how over the past two years since I've been looking into them, the house price has been steadily expected to increase as well as it has been effectively increasing. Hmm. And this is worrying, especially for the youth, because... You know, uh, hopefully as house prices increase, so will salary. But if it were not to increase and the house prices were just to keep increasing, the youth would have to depend on inheritance, possibly inheritance, or, or even just living with their parents in general. Or, as we've been talking about rentals, so that they can actually have a roof over their heads, in my opinion. And like you just said, yeah, like I was trying to say as well, to be inside the property market as well, they would have to depend on inheritance, possibly. It's it's not ideal. Well, not it's inheritance, not very good. more like a deposit, no? Like their parents could provide a, a deposit. But this is interesting because yeah. all these articles I see about the house prices continuing to grow. They all say that London is stuck. The London market's not increasing, but it's more increasing in the north and the middle of England. Yeah. So it's kind of topped out in London. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's always been higher in London anyway. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. London, since the, you know, price and the quality of life in London is higher, I'm going to guess, then the prices have no need to rise or probably won't rise because they are already so high. There's not really much the market can do to vary them, if that makes any sense. Hmm. Um, it's a tough situation, really. So, yeah, this next one is also from the Daily Mail. I point that out why not and it as the title says here has george osborne's tax bombshell killed off the buy to let dream essentially thousands of landlords are set to sell their properties in the coming months because of sadly what is happening <laughs> yeah i haven't just seen this in the daily mail mail i've seen this in in the bbc as well i think and some other places but yeah i mean apparently the landlords are flogging all their properties like not they're not making much money and they're getting hit by um george osborne's tax um not really sure how that works like i'm not familiar with the tax that he's raising on them like obviously yeah. i'm not a biter letter um i mean a lot of people have been you know the rental market's been so buoyant. It's been a good investment, you know, to buy a house and rent it. Mm. I don't know if this is going to have another sort of knock-on effect on the economy, just generally, like, money in people's pockets. Yeah. So it says one in, one in four is 500,000 of Britain's 2 million property investors. So that's like 500,000 people selling their houses. It's a very sticky situation, to be honest. I mean, 
I'm not well informed in George Osborne's tacks, but if it's making so many people who, by the way, if you do not know what buy to let is, it's very simple. Buy to let is where people essentially buy a house just to rent it out, essentially. Sort of like how in tourism at the moment, people do this in popular zones, hot spots like London. They'll try and buy a house and then rent it out for years to come for the tourists, uh, be it via be, uh, Airbnb. Like short-term rentals, yeah. Yeah. And as I was saying, it's crazy to see how many people, so 500,000, half a million people selling their investment, their, their house, what they've invested money into and mm. what they try to get, you know, a uh, little bit of money out of it. It seems that... Well, it's like their, their pension, plan has, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, their house is... Their, their plan has gone down the drain sadly and it's um not very good well i mean a, a silver lining of the cloud would be that if the market gets flooded with houses maybe it will drive the prices down and make it easier for first-time buyers yeah i was just going to say that as well i guess it's true it hopefully is true you know if there's more if there's more supply than demand, hopefully that would make this increase, that steady increase that's been happening, slowly go down again, maybe reach a point where it doesn't increase anymore. And then we can sort of adapt to how that's, you know, come well, so, to be. Yeah. Well, it says that the Treasury is collecting like record taxes from the capital gains tax. On these wow. investment properties so that's good for the government isn't it yeah i mean i don't i feel like the government never really has a shortage of money anyway <laughs> but yeah. i guess it's good for them to have more just in case there's a big project that needs to be done that will help the us the you know the, the mm. people hopefully um either way it's let's bad for landlords but good for taxes yeah. good for first-time buyers potentially yeah i mean if it if it's sadly enough ruined someone's pension idea someone's retirement plan to have a bank account where they store all the money from that house use it as their retirement money at least it's opened the doors let's hope it's opened the doors for first-time buyers like you've said or even not just first-time buyers maybe second third time buyers but people who essentially don't want to buy to let but need the the buy for themselves mm. and the price will have gone down for them we don't know yeah, if it'll I be mean, the case anyway though so it's like you say about the airbnb and booking.com it's like driving people out of the city centers all the houses are just being used for holiday rentals and not for you know family actual yeah Okay, let's... Um... Yeah, so why not we talk about something that's you know, a little out of all this sort of gloomy thing we, uh, stuff we've been talking about just now. So our good lady Alexandra Fraser on Country Life, as you can see here on the screen, has recently written an article about a curiously shaped country cottage in East Anglia. This is a rather big house, of course, and it's very adorable, I'd like to say. I, I've seen it already myself. 
looks very green, very nice, and cozy, even. It's very satisfactory, at least for me. Yeah, I love looking at these uh, country life properties. And when you get these beautiful properties up on the market. Yeah, it's crazy. And also the amount of... Um, the amount of detail and everything inside the house, all the furniture and everything. You can see they're going for a style, a specific style. It kind of gives me um, Alice in Wonderland vibes, if mm. you understand what I mean. Like, it really feels like they're going for that sort of a thing, all the sort of fantasy, um, you know, like uh, fantastical seats and the garden and everything. It must be a lot, very of, nice. a lot of work to keep the garden so nice. No? Yeah, most likely hours put into that garden already um yeah so i think this might be our last article for the podcast for our first podcast as uh matthew and i have said please subscribe and tune into every single podcast so you can keep yourself up to date with the biggest articles that are on the internet and in the market so this last article is a bit of a, a bad one as well Depends how you view it. And it's talking about how moving home, as the title says, moving home using just an app comes a step closer. So me and Matthew were already talking about some articles beforehand. And this article, one big point was that it might be bad because it puts a lot of people, possibly might put a lot of people out of a job. Is that not what you were thinking? Well, there's already a lot of automation, isn't there, in the marketplace. Um, there's sort of an app for everything. And um, everything's being drawn now along sort of lines. You've got search applications. You've got case management applications. You've got uh, credit check applications. Um, and then if you, you know, people like this will sew them all together and then I don't know what the effect will be on the um, the number of conveyances that you need to sort of run everything. Yeah. I don't want to be doom and gloom because they've tried this many times before. There's been lots of um, attempts to, to sort of sew all the inter information technology together. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it have if it's bad for people, then like people will reject it anyway. So hopefully, it's sort of self-regulating. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good if it helps, but it's also bad if it were to help too much. Um, I mean, I'm I'm sort of just hoping for it to be something that won't give a crazy that won't have a crazy advantage. I mean, they, they always say they'll bring, like, a faster, better service to the consumer, to the clients. Yeah. Um, and I do agree that it can be lengthy, can be slow um, to get convincing done these days. You know, it can take up to three months. And they want to do it kind of in an instant. Yeah, that's true. It'd be good for the customer but um and it would save costs yeah 
I tend to like not take these things with a pinch of salt because we need to like make sure that it's done in the right way, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, while if we still talk about in the sense of uh, job openings, it does open job spaces, I guess, for maintaining the whole internet and obviously the um, IT side of things, but it will probably put more people out of a job possibly than it will create openings. But either way, if it, if it um, increases the amount of comp uh, competition, if I could say it like that, mm -hmm. if it makes it so that the standards should be higher because this app is in a week giving you your house, is in a in less than a week even doing everything that you need selling your house or giving it uh, to mm. you you know then it will make a new standard for all the solicitors or the conveyancing firms yeah everyone will uh, have to work harder yeah to provide. exactly it's good for the consumer but if it gives them like too far an advantage I mean, sometimes they try to make all the solicitors use the same software, and that never seems to work. Mm. But but here I'm seeing that they're saying it's going to use blockchain, and like I've often heard blockchain described as a solution in search of a problem. Like people think that you could just use blockchain for everything, and right. um, many times it doesn't really work out that way. But anyway, um, that concludes today's podcast. I'm, I think it went quite well. That was our first podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Um, My pleasure. We've tried to cover what we see as the main stories this week. Uh, hopefully that it's enjoyable to listen to it instead of having to flick through all the pages and yourself and listen to our analysis. So, thanks to my co-host, Thomas, and thanks yes. to all of you out there for tuning in. Thank you again, and as we've said previously, don't forget to subscribe, don't forget to leave a like, and especially don't forget to leave a comment so that we know what you think about our opinions, what you think about these articles, and whether you think we're right or wrong. Yeah, we'd love to hear your comments, so drop them in the comments section below. Thanks again. See you next time. Bye.